The following program contains views that are not those of WVTC, iNetworks Communications, their subsidiaries, affiliates, or financial supporters. Hello, 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 and welcome to another broadcast of the RSVP show. I am your host, April D. Metzler, and I'm here with you to declare war, where we we worship, we apply, and we read the scriptures, the um, infallible word of God, God's word. We're doing a Bible study, whatever you want to call it. Get your pen and pad and and uh, all of your studying tools that you have and get ready because we're going to be going into John chapter 6. But because John chapter 6 is so long, uh, it has a total of, I'm, I'm kid you not, all the verses, but it has a total of 71 verses. And there's just no way that we can jam pack that into a 30 minute segment and actually bring that substance and value um, that I hope that you are accustomed to experiencing on these live broadcasts here at RSVP show. But I uh, am breaking this down. We're doing two parts, you guys. Part one is today. Part two is going to be next week. So make sure to tune in to both of these. And if you haven't caught all of the previous live broadcasts, we have already covered John 1 through 5. And so make sure to go back and catch those if you are just now catching this broadcast. Make sure to share this out. And of course, you can always like and subscribe to my YouTube channel and other platforms and just make sure to connect on those as well. But we're going to dive right into this. I'm super excited to share this. This is a, a big one, you guys. It covers so much. I'm just going to leave that word echoing in your mind. That's so much. <laughs> All right, you guys. So if you'll join me in prayer, we'll go ahead and cover this broadcast and uh, get into this word. So Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to hear your word and help us to not just simply hear it, but let us soak it in and get it down to the marrow of our very bones, our actual being. Teach us what it looks like. Teach us to practice these things. Give us opportunities to practice these things that we learn today and make it to where we become doers of the word through that practice of honoring you, learning your word, learning your ways, and, and honoring your principles and statutes that you have set before us. Father, teach us what it looks like to obey your commandments. You said that if 
if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And we love you, Father, and we seek after you. And this is us seeking you today in this word. And so we ask in the name of Jesus, that Holy Spirit be upon this conversation. And we ask that the the inspiration that is put into place here today actually is just a seed that is sown in the hearts of the listeners and that they um, it becomes implanted in them and it becomes to uh, a growing a growing garden if you will father um, let us as we are grafted into the true vine let us demonstrate what it looks like to be a part of the vine to those around us through this word that gets implanted into us by the grace of jesus christ father we just ask these things and we ask these things in abundance for the listening audience we ask that understanding and uh, wisdom and revelation to the knowledge of you spiritual wisdom and revelation father be given unto each listener and we ask that over their families as well, that there's just a blessing of abundance of an understanding of your love for them in Christ Jesus in the coming weeks ahead. And it's in Jesus's name we ask all of these things. Amen. All right, you guys. So John chapter six, verse one dives right in to Christ demonstrating um an awesome miracle. He ends up actually uh, feeding 5,000 people, but it all starts with his compassion toward them. And so here they are, and and he's went through, you know, talking to the Jews and discussing these things, these matters that we discussed last week. Um, and they are just, you know, still, they're marveling at him, but they're also... Um, also seeking to kill him and um, and just having a struggle with understanding what it means for Jesus to be the Son of God. And so it says, after these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Therefore Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter, or Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. So he's got five barley loaves, two fish. And he said, but what are these for so many people? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise, also of the fish as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. 
So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a pause here because we just talked about a miraculous thing, right? So he is he's seeing all of these people and he's seeing, you know, this great amount of need and they they have been following him and they went through, you know, the the commitment part, you know, they decided, "Oh, oh my goodness, I believe that this is someone we need to follow. He's all these signs and wonders are happening. We need to follow him. I mean, they made those initial steps toward maybe they were curiosity. Maybe they actually believed in him as the Messiah. We don't really know. Obviously, you know, man looks at the outer appearances, but God looks at the heart. And so he, of course, could see who believed in him and who didn't. But there's 5,000 men. And remember, in Jewish culture and history, you know, that is not something that um, uh, was the limit of, of people in that instance. That was just the men, you know, and, and they, they counted just the men and acknowledged them. And that's a cultural, historical thing. But you've got to understand that, that there was women and children most assuredly there. Surely wasn't, it doesn't even say one way or the other who was in the crowd. It just says a large crowd. And so let us not assume that God was limited to just the men that was in the crowd. And of course, God's not just going to feed just the men. And so you've got to consider these things. It's like, you know, the, the passage here just specifies historically what would have been um, logged in scripture as, as a as a reference, if that makes sense. And so it wasn't anything about, you know, honoring or dishonoring or anything like that. That's just the way that the culture was at the time. And there's no need for any offense to be in um, in the this moment when we're reading the word of God, because that's not where the heart's intent was when when the accounting was done of, of this historical account, right? So we're not not getting easily offended because that is not something that we do, right? But this is a miracle that that was a it was a wonder. It was amazing. It didn't make sense to the natural, but it did make sense on the spiritual side of things because God is beyond our understanding. You know, the things that he does isn't worldly things. It's heavenly things. What does it look like? For the gates of heaven to open up and and manna to fall down, you know, like what does it look like for you know Jesus to work these miracles? I like the fact though that and a lot of things, a lot of people will look over this, but I like the fact that he went up to the mountain, and so he's actually able to see the breadth, the width of the need that is set before him. And so many times we get caught up in being right in the middle of the circumstances that we don't actually um, don't actually see the, the 
need beyond our immediate need, the need beyond ourselves. And so I encourage you to find time, especially if you feel like you're overwhelmed and you have all of these needs that are not being met, that you take that time out to yourself and step out like, you know, Jesus did. He went up to the mountain with his disciples. The whole entire crowd didn't follow him. There was too large of a crowd to be followed him up like that, but um, he was able to see better. His perspective was able to be, you know, the bigger picture was able to be seen and his perspective was able to be widened um, visually, physically, uh, just by going away and up on the mountain. And so um, it's a great example. And it's literally only um, a simple verse in, in verse three, if you want to make a note of it, to meditate on it and take some time to invest in um, shifting your focus above your circumstances. And so it helps to um, do that so that we're not getting overwhelmed and self-focused as well. It's not always about us. It could be something that's going on in our situation could be for the benefit of others around us who are witnessing God in, working in and through our circumstances. And so we must be mindful of that. And that's where it comes into play, where Paul talks about being joyful in all circumstances. You know, we don't allow the enemy to steal our joy. And so we're going to go ahead and move on to um, verse 15 is where we're at, you guys. And I hope that you are enjoying this. And if you're just now catching this, we're in John chapter six and we're splitting this up into two sections, part one and part two, because of how lengthy this particular passage is over 70 verses. And so we're going to be reading until um, until where is that at? Uh, 36 is what the verses that we're going to be going to today. So uh, I hope that uh, you have been able to share this out. And if you haven't, go ahead and go ahead and do that right now. And if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure to do that as well um, and get the word out about the fact that scripture is being read over the airwaves. All right, you guys. So verse 15 says, so Jesus perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, and after getting into a boat, they started to cross the sea to Capernaum. It had already become dark, and Jesus did not yet come to them. So he's still away, and he's still trying to make sure that he is not out of alignment with what God is calling him to do. And the disciples decided to go ahead and go on, you know, uh, without him and crossing the sea. And so it says um, at the end of 17, it says it had already become dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. And 18 says the sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. Then when they had rowed about three or four miles, that's a long lengthy time, right? They saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat and they were frightened. 20 is, uh, but he said to them, it is I do not be afraid. So they were willing to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Now, I want to, I want you to grab onto a few of these things. First of all, they left without Jesus. 
how many times do we walk out <laughs> and, and on our own and do our own thing? And then we're hollering for Jesus's help instead of asking his help before we leave. OK, so they departed without him. They were impatient and wanting to get across the sea. And so they did on their own. And lo and behold, what happened? A storm hit, right? And then lo and behold, they were rowing for three or four miles on their own tediously through a storm. I want you to really get this picture here. And the wind's blowing all around, strong winds blowing here. And it's like, um, it doesn't necessarily say that a storm had come, but with strong winds, how difficult or easy would it be for you to be rowing three to four miles let's be real it might as well be a storm and when the winds pick up when you're on a sea or body of water you guys know that that water gets choppy and difficult to actually go through and so um just imagine what that must have been like alone and then um then they saw jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat and they were frightened you know it says um you know it, it's appearances you know it looked as if there was something like you know a, a ghost coming or something you know they had no idea who it was but there was this figure in the distance walking toward them across the sea and so there's there's that fear that initially hits and of course they assumed it was for the worse given their circumstances and yet it was actually not for their worst benefit it was it wasn't anything out to get them it was the one that was there to save them and get them out of the circumstances that they had gotten themselves into and so um, it says he said to them it is i do not be afraid that should be sufficient right and um the i word usage in there i'm sure um, is is tied to the same reference in in the historical you know scripture go back to your Hebrew and Greek but the the I am statements and so I'd uh, encourage you to go look at the interlinear on that one on verse 20 where it says it is I how, how comforting would that be to hear God say do not be afraid I'm here you know and uh, think about times in your life where it's been, you know, very difficult. You feel all alone. You feel beaten up, you know, by the waves of the world, if you will. And uh, how much comfort do we have when God turns his face to us? He He listens. He bends his ear toward us and hears our, our cries and we get a way of escape. Well, they they did too. But see, the part of, of um, hearing God clearly in these moments is is receiving what he has to say, being um, receptive and accepting that he is and that he will do and he can and he will. You know, these there's very big pieces here that we've got to grasp on our understanding so that we can apply this correctly in our day to day. And so it says the disciples, it says, so they were willing to receive him that's a big thing and and that's so they were willing to receive him into the their boat into the boat and so are you willing to receive god accept him allow him open the door for him into your circumstances and into your environment or are you fine you think you're going to survive on your own you know like 
how how long are you going to tread water by yourself before you you know reach your hand up and grab a hold of his and so it, when they chose Jesus and chose to receive him into their boat and into their circumstance right it says immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going bam they were out in the sea three to four miles out they weren't near the shore but the moment that jesus got into that boat immediately it was at the land what would it be like for your circumstances that you feel like you're drowning in or being tossed to and fro in being immediately resolved what would that be like you know like really put yourself into their circumstances and this this um recounting of history here and apply it that's what we got to do we've, we've got to be in this moment with those disciples and what would we choose right and so 22 goes on it says the next day the crowd that stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other small boat there except one and that jesus had not entered with his disciples into the boat but that his disciples had gone away alone. So um, they, they actually didn't know where they were supposed to go. So on 23, it says, There came other small boats from Tiberias near to the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the small boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? We didn't even see you leave. How'd you get here so fast? You know, like that's probably how it, how it played out, you know, um, just imagine that conversation. Uh, and 26 says, Jesus answered them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled, do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. I want you to catch that pivot. He said first that, that they were seeking him. He acknowledged that they were seeking him, acknowledged the reason why they were seeking him, and then changes the word seeking to work. And that's, that's interesting. I just want to throw that out there. For those who are taking notes and studying on through here, see, look at what those two words are and connect that dot, if you will, and see how it pertains, okay? Um, do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father God has set his seal. So 28 goes in and it says, Therefore they said to him, What shall we do? so that we may work the works of God. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So to do the work of God, or in there they said the works of God when they asked their question, and he just singulared that and said, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Well, that's pretty simple. 
all of the, this busyness that we get involved in and the things that we're doing and, and, you know, all this effort and stuff that we're doing, uh, that may or may not be, you know, uh, in, it may be said that it's in the name of Jesus, but we really got to, you know, um, evaluate our hearts and let God evaluate our hearts for us, actually. Um, as it says in, in Proverbs 139, 23 through 24, um, where it asks, you know, God to search me. Oh God, know my heart. Yeah. <sighs> Try me and test my, um, test my ways. Let's read that real quick. But, um, we really need to make sure that why why we do what we do when we do it, you know, and is the win in coordination and in stepping in stride with God's win. Things to think about. But 23 says in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts is this translation and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. You know, sometimes we don't, God knows us better than we know ourselves. And sometimes, you know, the things that we do actually may benefit our flesh in some way that we're not recognizing. And that is what our motivation is. Although again, we're not recognizing it. And so when we lay these things down before God and his scrutiny, if you will, scrutinizing eye, he can actually see the inner workings of everything. And, and it's like, um, you know, like everything becomes like glass. It's just able to be seen through transparently, you know, and we have, and it, all it requires is us submitting that before him and asking him what he would have us do with it. It's our willingness to submit the things that we put our hands to, the work that we do to the Lord. And if he was to say, I don't want you to do this anymore, would you be willing to receive him into that area of your life and give him the the lead in that and um, follow him? And so that's, that's the question to think about. But, um, Anyways, uh, someone must have needed that because that wasn't where I was going with this here. Or, well, it is, but it, yeah. Anyways, 30 says, so they said to him, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers are ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. And so they're sitting here like, Obviously, they're asking for a sign of some sort. They need to they need to see it to believe it. And how often do we get into that situation? But God says that we we want to we need to uh, believe upon him and then we'll see things. You know, it's it's a it's not the normal worldly way of operation. You know, it's not a worldly experience. It's a heavenly one. And so um, this type of wisdom or understanding that they're using is of the world, but God's ways are different than that. And we've, we've definitely got to understand that in our own personal walks, that it's not going to make sense. And, um, it's not probably going to look like anything else that the world's ever seen, what he's going to be instructing you to do in the coming days. And so we just have to be a willing vessel yielded and submitted to his ways and listening clearly for what he says when he says, go and do this or that. 
Um, but 32 says, Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then he, then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. And Jesus said to them in 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said, but I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. And so I'm going to go ahead and, and stop there, because this is just so much content and context here coming up and it would be difficult to even come close to scratching the service in you know a minute or so but a few things i want to leave with you today with this particular um uh, passage i would say chapter normally but is you know what are you grounded and, and rooted in in all circumstances these things that were we're looking at that you're you're doing, you know, this week or tomorrow, you know, we're, are you relying on your own understanding? Are you relying on your timing? Or are you looking at, you know, what God has to say about these things in his word? Are you considering these things prayerfully? Are you taking time to learn what God's ways are and what his will is? Because it says that we will be able to understand that when we delve into that, um, you know, renewal process, the transformation process, the yielding and submitting and surrendering our lives to him and learning who he is. It's all about that relationship. Are we investing all the parts of our lives, not some of them, but all the parts of our lives in a, in the relationship? Are we including them in the relationship with God? Are we asking God about him? You know, these are things that we must consider because if we're being obedient in one area of our life, but disobedient in 10 areas of our lives, we're not doing, uh, we're not doing what we are called to do. And it's one of those things where we are actually dishonoring who God is because we are a representation or we're supposed to be, we're called to be a representation of God and his love for others on this earth. And so if we're not being the light and we're operating in the darkness of disobedience, then, then that needs to be corrected. And it's only, it's a simple course correction. It's a being willing to receive him in your boat kind of course correction. And immediately you will end up on that edge of that, that land on the other side of the sea. So that you're on right now. Um, but you're going to keep on rowing and maybe even get lost in the sea going around in circles if you are not willing. And it's just, it just is what it is. You know, you're just going to keep on going around and around circles. It's like somebody in a rowboat with one row and they can't switch sides. It's like bolted into one side. They're just going to keep on going around in circles. So I hope that that's not you, but if it is you, then I hope that you're willing to take a step back from your circumstances and get your focus back to God. You know, go go get up on top of that mountain 
and look at the bigger picture and see what all of that may or may not mean for you in your walk with him. So it sometimes takes getting away from the things that, of this world in order for us to submit ourselves fully to the Lord's ways and his will for all of us in this life. You know, he sent Jesus to, you know, die on the cross and and make sure to take the punishment that we were deserved on himself and so that we could have eternal life. And it's that life and life abundantly, not just a ho-hum type of life, but it's in, in abundance of his peace, his joy, his love, his gentleness, his kindness, his faithfulness. You know, there's so many things that are on the other side of a relationship with God. And I encourage you to find that time to dive in and get to know him even more in every area of your life. So remember, God loves you. You are not alone. And I look forward to visiting with you next week on another episode of the RSVP show here on WBTC radio and this awesome declaring war segment for you guys. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this visit of the Declaring War segment by the RSVP Show. We hope these moments of reflection and stillness for victory in your pursuit of God were a blessing to you. We encourage you to continue to worship, apply, and read the Word of God every single day while today is still today. Stay connected with April at April D. Metzler through social media. New music singles and her debut music album are available to add to your favorite playlist on streaming platforms. And you can get a copy of her book wherever books are sold. Learn more about the great things she is doing to bless God and his people on her website at aprildmetzler.com. Thank you for joining this visit with us. Always remember, God loves you. Views made on the preceding program are not those of WVTC Radio, iNetworks Communications, or their financial supporters. Winning Victory Through Christ, WBTC, Allsip Chicago, and iNetworks Communications Station.